ಭಗವತಿ ಅಷ್ಟಾದಶಾಧ್ಯಾಯಿ ಸಾಮಾಂಗಣ ಗೀತಾ ಮ್ಯಾರಥಾನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಫೋರ್ ಕಂಪ್ಲೀಟೆಡ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ತ್ರೀ Chapter 4 has many many different topics. And in fact chapter 3 flows into chapter 4. And there was no reason for chapter 3 to begin with. Because chapter 2 stopped at a very nice place. And in fact we we stopped at the end of chapter 2 yesterday yeah not two. chapter 3 and 4 we have to do now chapter 2 contains the vision of the bhagavad gita and what is the vision that you are not subject to destruction you are whole you were never born you were not subject to death this is all chapter 2 a vision because and and the person cannot be killed or be killed be killed or kill this is what nahanyate hanyamane sharire nahanti nahanyate all this was told and why was this told because death is seen as the worst thing that can happen the worst possible outcome is death and so therefore when that itself is denied then all the other vikaras means all the other changes that are taking place in the body are also denied for the i the atma so if there is no death that means what there is no birth then between death and birth are like two slices of bread in between there are <laughs> five layered four layers of sandwich so what are they then birth is born and then grows up survives birth two grows up three and then what else happens uh, grows up and then blossoms 
becomes capable of reproduction. And then after that, begins to decline and then dies. All the Vikaras are dismissed for the Atma. They are all dismissed. Because if birth, the death is itself not there, that's the worst thing that can happen, then everything else is also dismissed. This is the idea. Well, then this was the vision. And then this vision is gained through a way of life. And it's a beautiful way of life where uh, the, the whole point of this life is self-growth. So it's not that you have you don't have desires. It's not that you don't follow whatever you want. But then at the back of it, everything that you do is a means for self-growth. That is how it is in the Hindu tradition even today. Even today. Everything is for self-growth. You don't do anything for the sake of itself. So education is for self-growth. And then what is? Employment is for self-growth. Because when you go to office, you learn so many things. To begin with, how not to behave. <laughs> what not to say. What to say is important. But what not to say, even more important for a lot of people. Because what's the point of saying something and then saying, oh, I didn't mean it. I don't say it at all. It is nice. Then, after office, what happens? Marriage. Right? And uh, ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ we have a, in the south india a very beautiful ceremony in the marriage itself called kashi yatra where the groom says i'm not going to get married i'm going to go off to kashi <laughs> and as a young girl when i was small i used to go to some relatives house i think i went to my uncle's wedding and so i saw and i said what is this nonsense you kya baat how can you say you're going to marry this girl and you're running off not nice we not also we have not at the marriage at upanayan side yeah yeah i okay. said i want to go to yeah. kashi and mama said no 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 please yeah. i'll get you married yes <laughs> the thing is yeah that's this is called kashi yatra and maybe in different families because they follow different sutras and so maybe it's done at different times but the gist of it is this the fellow says first he says i'll get married and then at the last minute he says i'm and then it, i'm i'm going off to kashi and then he walks northwards because from the standpoint of southern india kashi is north so you go up and then uh, what see from i was four or five years old and so from a five year old child's standpoint kya dikhta hai what do you see you see the parents of the bride go running after him <laughs> and buy him off with gifts 
इसके पीछे एक बहुत बड़ा रहस्य छिपा वेरी बिग and a beautiful meaning behind this which you don't know because you see i think that these rituals you know do, they are just followed without understanding the depth of it yeah but if you look at the mantras which the parents are made to repeat parents don't know the mantras the pandit ji makes them repeat it but it, it never it's not about buying off the fellow and uske samne gidgidana yo please marry our daughter no this is not that at all they are they and they don't even say don't go to kashi this is the beauty of it they say please go to kashi we want you to go to kashi but please take our daughter with you who also wants to go to kashi <laughs> the road to kashi this is all metaphorical is very very difficult to do on your own kashi represents moksha north is moksha kashi is moksha kashi is liberation and so suddenly uh, the the person has vairagya the, the groom and then he is told it is very difficult to do this on your own so imam kanyam su alankrita this beautifully dressed bride to please take with you because then because she also wants to go and you can support each other on the journey this is the essence of the hindu marriage it is a means to an end the end has nothing to do with the marriage <laughs> the end has to do with self knowledge the end has to do with liberation from samsara so the marriage is a means to an end if marriage becomes the end it is it ends the end yahi hota hai so it's a means to an end Come here. We want to sit up so it's come more comfortable. Yeah, because the destination is not marriage. The destination is not job. The destination is not anything else. Destination is not children either. Children, if you have, they make sure you get moksha. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, they fast track. and how do they do how do they fast track your journey to moksha by pushing the buttons you never even thought you had if any buttons need to be pushed and need to be found out they know the secret locations of those buttons especially when they become 13 14 15 teenage yes so all this this whole karma this is what is karma yoga karma yoga means this is what it is it is it is a life of which is totally totally dedicated to one's growth and this is what arjuna is told so the way of life is given the vision is given aur kya baki hai what else is left say nothing okay nothing <laughs> so we can move on nothing is left 
In fact, the Bhagavad Gita should have closed right then and there. It should have been a succinct two-chapter document. How many chapters does it have? Eighteen. Why? Because the fellow asks a question at the beginning of chapter three. He hasn't stopped complaining. He was complaining in chapter one. And then he shut up a little bit in chapter two. <laughs> chapter three, Pirse Mokholta hai, our Arjuna. He did ask again. And his, because in his mind, there is a fixation. He is a go-getter, Arjuna. And he represents everybody on earth timelessly. He thinks moksha is something to catch. This is the catch, conquer, kill mentality. This catch and kill mentality is something which is there in the psyche from 5,000 years ago. So actually you can feel good about oneself. <laughs> Even Arjuna was competitive. Even Arjuna wanted all this. Even Arjuna was... Uh, so when he's told of moksha, he wants to go catch, kill right now. And he thinks it's an object. So, yes. And then that's the first mistake he has made in his understanding. The second mistake he makes is also an interesting mistake. He thinks that this moksha is connected to sannyasa in his mind. That if I quickly get into an orange dhoti, <laughs> dhoti is rap, okay? Yeah. yeah. Not the music, okay? Yeah. That's also a that's also called rap, a particular kind of music. Rap with a W in front of it. So, he thinks that if I wear orange, then I'm on the path to moksha. If I'm in other colors and if I'm not a sannyasi, then I will not get moksha. This is what his... His mind is because that's what he was able to absorb because he was in such bad shape in chapter one. Do you remember? Say yes, even if you don't want it. Let me feel good. You remember? Fantastic. Extra prasad for you at the end. So he is, you know, he, he has made two mistakes. He thinks moksha is something that you have to go get, number one. And number two, he thinks that this is something that is uh, uh, that, that is equated to sannyasa. If I become a sannyasi, I will catch, kill, conquer quickly. So the chapter three begins with a complaint. <laughs> Jayasi chet. If you say Jayasi chet, Karmanaste, Matabuddhir Janardana, Tatkim Karmani Gore Mam, Niojasi chet, Keshava, Vyavishreneva Vakyena, Buddhim Mohayasi, Iva me Ekam Vadanishitya, Enashreyoham, Abnuyam. This is, oh Krishna, this is too much for me, or as though confusing me. You say knowledge, karma binds, knowledge frees. And in those days, people con uh, connected to knowledge were mostly sannyasis. So that's why he equated sannyasa. 
And also Sanyasa looked good because he didn't want to fight the war. <laughs> he thought, okay, let me just go to Rishikesh and sit there. So he says, if karma leads to bondage, moksha is freedom, knowledge is freedom, moksha is freedom, then why are you, then why, oh why, are you making me, why are you making me fight this terrible war? Why are you making me fight this terrible war? This, uh, this question, this question alone, this question leads to chapter 3. Otherwise, there would be no chapter 3. We would have gone home yesterday itself. The reason we are here today is because there is chapter 3. The answer to this whole question is in chapter 3. That is what it is. And... And so, he says, you've got it wrong. This is how chapter 3 begins. Arjuna, you have made a very big mistake. It's got it. It's, you've got this whole thing wrong. And what is it that you have gotten wrong? You have misunderstood moksha. And in fact, there are two paths which have been given in the Upanishad. Which Upanishad, that also we can see. Isha Vasya Upanishad. That is one particular path. Okay. I'll explain what it is. Then the next path is also given in the Upanishad, Isha Vasya Upanishad. Purvan eva iha karmani, viji vishe chatagum samaha. This is the second path. So, the first path, there are two ways to get moksha. Two particular paths. The fact that moksha is gained through knowledge is not in question here because the problem is self ignorance and self knowledge is the antidote. That is not in question. The question is how to gain this knowledge. If one is ready, when one goes off to Kashi, does not come back. <laughs> ah, does not come back at anybody's entreaties. First, first says, I, I will not get married, period. And then goes off to Kashi. Drops everything. Goes to Kashi, sits there. This is one path. And even if people are like that, in Uttar Kashi, there is one Kailas Ashram. And there, many a Brahmachari wannabe goes there. <laughs> goes there and says, Guru, I want this knowledge. Guru will not teach. Yeah. Guru will not teach. In Ashavidya, people teach. But everywhere else, people don't teach. Well, Guru will say, yeah, you. I want you to do something small for me. Anything, anything, anything. What do you want? This is a little bit, you know, in the story of the 70s. This is what they did in the 70s. And then what do you want me to do? Uttar Kashi is where? Himalayas. High Himalayas. And Rameshwaram is where? Tip, or nearly the tip, southern tip of India. 
पैदल जाओ टेक गंगा वाटर गो बाई फुट फ्रॉम नॉर्थ टू साउथ वॉकिंग 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 दट गंगा वॉटर शुड ऑल्सो बी कैरीड प्रॉपरली एंड देन यू बेज शिवलिंगा इन रामेश्वरम विदाउट वॉटर ब्रिंग सी वॉटर फ्रॉम देर एंड देन बेद अवर आश्रम टेम्पल शिवा विद दैट वॉटर बस तीन बार थ्री टाइम्स यू डू दिस देन ऑल द उपनिषद विल बी योर्स and this was a way of uh, what should i say they didn't have any entrance exams this was the entrance exam <laughs> in those days those who made it learned otherwise you can see so many scenarios he goes to fill ganga water he sees the most beautiful thing he has ever seen in his whole life also filling ganga water <laughs> on the other side and he says oh where do you live i want to go go to your father and ask for your hand in marriage then he thinks of the upanishad he would have studied <laughs> and names his children isha kena katha after all the upanishads <laughs> so there one scenario like this or he meets another brahmachari they recognize each other because they are carrying pots of water <laughs> And I say, oh, which round? Second round? No, my still first round. How is it going there? For the the other Brahmachari says terrible. I think we both should start a business. Forget these gurus and all these things. Any which way you can go. So dropping everything is not very easy. The gurus also know this. The students also know this. And this is, of course, very very uh, few people are able to do that. This is called, you know, Moksha Express. This is what it is. All you do is study, and whatever comes up, you know, pain, fear, sorrow, etc., is taken care of. That's what it is. You resolve it. You do. It's it's difficult. It's not easy. For most other people, the other one is recommended. So this one is called Sankhya Yoga, and then Sankhya Yoga and Yogi Nam, and for these yogis who are ready. either you are ready in this life or you are ready in a previous life like ramana maharshi etc why were they so advanced even as they were born like we uh, take so many saints ramakrishna paramahamsa so many how come they were so advanced because they did the homework in the last life and so in this life they are advanced and then they can you know they look to be uh, very different from everybody else because they have done this homework in the last life so then what do you do here you take the um uh, you take the next uh, lifestyle two paths means committed lifestyles that's why they are called nishtha loke asmin dvivida dvividha nishtha pura prokta maya anagha anagha means oh you sinless one what a nice way to call a student and uh, two kinds of lifestyles were told by me long ago where in the upanishads first is drop everything it's you and the sky you don't have any monthly stipend you don't have any church or any monastery or anything supporting you it's just you that's all it is or you do whatever you want to do keep doing what you're doing keep doing what you want to do but 
don't let go of this knowledge. That's what it is. Don't let go of the commitment to moksha, commitment to freedom, commitment to li living liberated, living free of sorrow and pain and fear. Commit to that and then you do whatever else you want to do. It's like the airport example we talk about all the time. So, when you, if you are going to the airport, you have a lot of time, let's say, and then you say, oh, I think I'll go get something to eat. You stop by a store. Where are you going? Are you sure? Yeah. And then you buy something. You still find you have a lot of time. You go and pick up your laundry, something you have given to the dry, dry cleaners. Where are you going? Then you remember you have a long-lost friend living near the <laughs> and then so you visit them and then they say, oh, I'll drop you off at the leave the car here. All the time, where is your mind? Airport, airport. You don't go to the grocery store and start shopping for the next 10 days. No, because you're going to the airport. You don't go to the dry cleaners and go there and do something. No, you, you, you don't live there. You, you are going to the airport. Even at the friend's house, you're going to the airport. Everywhere, when you're parking the car, you're going to the airport. That's how it is. Airport example works because you're taking off. This <laughs> is also a certain kind of a taking off. See, these are the two lifestyles. And you have to, you know, you, you, you can do this. But Krishna acknowledges it is very, very difficult to be in one place without doing anything. Nahi kashtit kshanam api jadu tishthatya karma kritu karyate hyavashak karma prakritihi jair gunaihi prakriti jaihi gunaihi It is swabhavika. It is, it is natural for the person to be to be restless. The restlessness is not the property of the Atma. Atma is very calm. The restlessness has to do with the Maya Shakti's Prasad. What is that? The Gunas. Rajas and Tamas specifically. That is what makes one sloppy, makes one restless, makes one now restless, now sleepy. <laughs> Now angry. So such a person cannot sit still without doing anything even for a second. Always the person, he or she, will be restless. So therefore, use this restlessness to contribute to your world. This is Lord Krishna's advice. Because in any case, you are not sitting still. <laughs> even if I paid you, Arjuna, you cannot sit still even for a minute. You are absolutely useless at sitting still. Already you're, you know, you're squirming. Even if you're asked to sit still, you're squirming here, looking here, looking there, doing this, doing that. And so, so therefore, employ this restlessness for your own good, self-growth, and for the good of others, because you have come here with a certain set of talents. You have something to offer. 
And even if the, there is a person who has very low self-confidence and says, I have nothing at all to offer, they also have something to offer. Absolutely, they have something to offer. So therefore, what? Keep doing. Keep using your skills for the greater good. And if you don't know the meaning of greater good, just look at nature. The mango tree does not eat the mango fruits. <laughs> it is producing for... And the mango tree does not say, this person is selfish. Every day he is taking so many mangoes. This lady is so bad. She is taking so many things. Everybody takes. Even the parrot comes and you know makes a hole in the fruit with the beak and siphons off the juice. Everybody eats. The river flows just to, for the sake of irrigating. And you see that the entire nature is in the form of a cosmic dance of giving. This is what he says. The third chapter is very, very beautiful for this reason. Deva, third, we are up to now, verse 10. Devan bhavayata nena te deva bhavayantu vaha parasparam bhavayantaha shreyaf param avapsyatha ishtan bhogani godevaha dasyante yagya bhavitaha tairdattan apradayai bhyaha yo bhukte stena evasaha. Very beautiful. Just, just look at this cosmic dance. It's not just a cosmic dance, it's a cosmic ecological dance. It's a dance where everything is in balance. Until, of course, we put our footprint there. <laughs> everything is in balance. Everything is contributing. And just because the tree is giving, just because the river is flowing, just because the sun is shining and the crops are growing, doesn't mean we can take them for granted. We have to nurture them. You water the plant, then only it becomes a tree. No. And even if you don't water the, 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 the rain waters, but even for the rain to be there, there has to be some conducive circumstances and situation. So there is a cosmic dance and you have to follow. Cha, cha, cha. Yes. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. You follow this dance because it's a beautiful dance where you learn how to give. You learn how to care. You learn how to share. Especially when you don't want to. No, this is my I really want to eat it. I really want to enjoy it all by myself. But you learn to give. Despite yourself, you learn to share. You learn to care. And there is again self-growth for you. And in opening up your heart, you have initiated a certain compliance to this cosmic dance, which is a manifestation of Bhagavan. It's not a mandate of Bhagavan, this dance. It's a manifestation of the Lord and the Goddess. And then you are going with the flow. And there is a lot of happiness when you do what is meant to do. What you are meant to do when you do, there is so much happiness. 
there is a lack of conflict, there is peace. And this way, Parasparam Bhavayantaha, nurturing one another, that nature and your own nature. <laughs> Human uh, nature is just an extension of nature. Or you can take it the other way around. Nature is an extension of human nature. And so in this way, we learn to go with the flow. And this is how your own self-growth is there. And then the good of everybody is ensured. But then there's always a one person, one percent, who says, what if I don't do this? What will happen if I don't do this? Why should I do this? I need not do this. What will happen if I don't do this? To that, Lord Krishna says, if you don't participate in this dance, So you take whatever everybody gives. You take what the trees give. You take what the rivers give. You take the, the light of the sun without doing Surya Namaskar. <laughs> and you, you just keep taking, taking, taking. And you don't participate in this dance. Such a person is known as a thief, a hoarder. Stena. Stena means thief. And such a person who only lives for himself or herself and at the most, the family. Sometimes even that's a stretch for some people. <laughs> family will be there, but they'll say, oh, I, I want just my comforts. Other people look out for themselves. Such people, they are causing a disruption in the world. They are disruptive influences because of which there is, you know, some kind of a disturbance is created. And the whole life is learning the lesson that you are not alone. Even if you live alone, you're not alone because there are trees, there are rocks, <laughs> there is water, there are the five elements. So you are never really alone. And so learning how to live in this mutual dance of give and take is for the greater good of the society. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. This is part of Karma Yoga. You have to do things you don't want to do. And why is it that you have to do things you don't want to do? Because that's how it is. You can't always do as you like. As I said yesterday, you have to learn to like. Whatever there is to do, this is self-growth. Sometimes you have to live with that discomfort. Do whatever it is, whatever it takes to get through the day, to get through this difficult situation. You do what you have to do. And so, Lord Krishna gives his own example. He says, look at me. What is it that I have to gain? Nothing. Because I am Bhagavan. I don't have to gain anything. What is it that I have to lose by doing something? Nothing. So, 
but I still continue to do. If I don't do, I'll be a bad influence on all the people who look up to me. Oh, just yesterday, I offed Kamsa. And before that, <laughs> some other demon I was taking care of. And before that, I was a child and I was entertaining everybody with my buttery antics. <laughs> I was doing all these things. Why? It gives a beautiful, important uh, verse uh, in, the, in the third chapter. Yadyad Atharati Shreshtha Tadad Tattad Eva Itarojanaha Sayat Pramanam Kurute Lokastad Anuvartate Shreshtha means an exalted person, a person who commands some leadership in society. Or maybe within your own family, it doesn't matter. How that person behaves, other people also follow. So these are the trend setters. <laughs> Whether it's a Twitter trend or a YouTube trend or whatever it is, doesn't matter. These are the trend setters. And on the trend setters' shoulders is a very important responsibility of leading their life well because how they lead their life is how other people also lead their life. So if one is lucky enough to be a leader to influence certain people, whether in the family or in the community or in the world, one better know how to behave. And if one is not doing what they are supposed to, then everybody else will do this. That's why Arjuna says, I also keep very, 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 very busy. Why do I keep so busy? I keep very busy because I want to, I want to make sure that all the people, I don't want to destroy the people. Upahanyam imaf prajaha. Otherwise, I would just destroy the people. Even though I have nothing. Na anavaptam I don't have anything ungained that is to gain. I don't have anything that I have gained which I want to get rid of. In fact, nothing is achieved by my doing something. But I continue to do. So to Arjuna, Loka Sangrahaya Karma Kuru. Do whatever it is for your own self-growth and for the benefit of others. Live for for this, this in this way, live this kind of a balanced life where you help others as well. And then, of course, Arjuna has another question. I want to do that. <laughs> dot dot dot. But <laughs> so what? You want to do that, but what happened? Things come in the way. I keep doing wrong things. I keep saying wrong things. I don't want to say wrong things. I don't want to do wrong things. But I keep doing them anyway. But he doesn't say I keep doing them. You know, it's just like sometimes in India, this is very common. People will go consult a doctor. And, you know, especially if they won't go to the doctor's office. They will just meet the doctor at a party. <laughs> and then they, they want to consult. 
and they don't want to say I have skin disease <laughs> and I'm scratching myself. And what will they say? I have a friend <laughs> who has a terrible skin disease. Can you please tell what to do? Poor doctor barely knows this person and that to their imaginary friend. <laughs> How will they say? What will they say? So, so that's how Arjuna also asks. Supposing somebody is there, he's actually asking about himself, but he's embarrassed. So he says, supposing somebody is there, who, you know, how, why is it that the person does wrong things? Adichannapi, baladiva niyonjitaha, as though by force, one is made to do these things. Adichannapi vashtaya. Why do people do papa? They know it is wrong. Papa means wrongdoing. Please do not translate papa as sin. <laughs> because that will be the only sin I tell you. <laughs> papa means difficult situations due to uh, wrong going against dharma in this life or other lives. So why do people do wrongdoing? Why do people go against dharma? Even though we know this. Not to do this. Kena prayuktena. Who is forcing them? Baladivaniyojita. As though somebody is being forced to do the wrong thing. I know I don't want to do this. But yet somehow I have gone and done this. Why? And the Lord says, you know what? There's only two things. Kama esha krodha esha rajoguna samudbhava mahashanaha mahapapma vidhyenam vairinam. Kama is there. Kama means what? Desire. Not just desire. Desire which has gone out of hand. Binding desire. Desire that you cannot manage. That comes in the way of who you are. And when that desire is unfulfilled, it turns into anger. In fact, the cause of anger is thwarted desire. And so then what happens as a result? Then you have the, uh, these two, Kama and Krodha. Uh, they are called Maha. This Kama is called Mahashan, Mahashanah. Means has the one with a garangutan appetite, huge appetite, keeps on eating into your peace of mind. And it is born of rajas, imbalance of rajas. Think of this as inimical to your growth. And then the third chapter ends with a very wise. Teaching. What is that? Jai Shatrum Mahabaho Kamakrodham Durasadam. Durasadam means difficult to conquer. Forget the battlefield. Forget this battle you have to face outside. This battle is just a reflection of the raging battle within, between what you want to do and what you have to do. That is the battle between Dharma and Adharma. What you have to do is, is dharma. What you want to do is adharma. That, that, this dharma sankat which is there inside, that is what you have to conquer. 
these inner enemies called raga and dvesha have to be conquered they have to be pacified conquered means you 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 win over them that is what you have to and so the fourth chapter is got a many many topics how to win over these basically is this but before that we have what is the famous avatara vada the fourth chapter starts with avatara vada avatara i don't have to explain since that movie of those blue blue people came out <laughs> two movies i haven't seen them but i just saw some posters blue blues funny looking people big big ears and funny hair funny look So chapter four, Avatar, the way of Krishna, can be retitled. And so there, Lord Krishna talks about. He makes a promise. And there are many verses in the Bhagavad Gita that talk, you know, that give a prophecy or a promise. So first he says that this is uh, this knowledge has been lost. He's lamenting. Five thousand years ago, <laughs> that people are not interested in Vedanta. <laughs> And so, I don't know what he would say if he came now. So he says, "Sakali ne hamhata yogo nashtaf parantapa." And he says, "You know what?" you had a lot of births arjuna i have also had a lot of incarnations and there is a slight difference i know all of them your births and my incarnations i know but you don't know any of them that's the difference and here i am i am here in human form i'm here i'm walking the earth in human form as bhagavan why to bring to task the people who have gone away from dharma whenever there is a neglect of dharma when dharma is trampled upon then time has come for me to come in any avatara form and there are 10 and we we don't just include human beings so also animals half man half lion everything is there and those are what are called purna avataras there is also amsha avatara half avatara small avatar devi avatara is called amsha avatara there are so many avataras and so i want to teach a lesson to all these demonic beings danavas asuras bring them to task and then free the world for uh, for people following dharma and protect the world for people following dharma this is what it is and he says i have that is why i am here and i promise to be here again in a different form whenever the dharma adharma balance becomes off kilter 
meaning when there is too much adharma in the world and very little dharma, then I incarnate myself. How? With the help of maya. My own maya shakti. I incarnate myself. So the fact that the next avatara, which is the next avatara that's supposed to come? Kalki. Yeah. So the fact that it has not come, that means we are doing very well. Dharma is still there. Even though we say, oh no, what has happened? So avatara is very interesting. What is this avatara? So how are people born because of karma? How is the Lord as though born? Not because of karma. There is no karma. Where is the, what is the cause of birth? The cause of birth has to be karma. But here, it's a body made of other people's wishes. Other people's prayers become the karma for this body. So Lord Krishna's body is a prayer body. Everybody saying, Trahimam, Pahimam, are you going to just watch this? Come on, come and do something. Help. Save me. Do this, do that. It's a karma body. That's why it goes. And in that way, it is different from other bodies. Because all other bodies are born because of their own karma. Bhagavan's body is as though born, even though we celebrate, we just celebrated Rama's birthday. Today we are celebrating Hanumanji's birthday. And then we'll celebrate Krishna's birthday a few months hence. But still, this is just for fun. So that we can eat good things. Because <laughs> all their birthdays are our birthdays. But really, the Lord is unborn. As though born in the human form means other people's karma. What karma? Good karma. Because they are praying. They are praying for redemption from certain kind of tyrannical beings, Duryodhana and the likes. And so therefore, that, so that is the first difference from all other human beings. All other human beings have their own karma to thank because of whatever body they are given, whatever diseases they will get, everything how they are born, how they will die, everything is already there. And then other people's karma gives rise to this body. I mean, it is finite because how much can you pray? How much can you, you know, ask? And then that's the first difference. The second difference is a person who is born, a human being, will be having two kinds of ignorance. Self-ignorance and ignorance about the whole universe. Baby doesn't know. These are my parents, even that it doesn't know. Anybody who holds it, it will come. <laughs> After a while, it starts to know, oh, this is, this is my house, this is my family, this is my parents, these are my parents, this is my toy. I must not share any of these things with others. <laughs> that slowly comes. But before that, it is not there. So these two kinds of ignorances are not there for Bhagavan. No ignorance of the world outside because, hello, that Bhagavan only created everything. And that all knowledge alone creates. No ignorance outside. And then no self-ignorance at all. So what is this life as Krishna? It's like playing a leela. It's like playing a, a role in the drama life long. 
It's like somebody forgot to take off the crown and the person is keeping on playing that role without boredom and without any kind of uh, um, slackness and with total joy and abandon because they're laughing. this is just fun for them. So even when Rama is crying and becomes the first tree hugger in history and says, have you seen my Sita? Have you seen my Sita? Have you seen my Sita? He's not affected inside. He's making a show of the sadness. He's demonstrating the sadness that is appropriate for the occasion in the human body. That is what it is. This is the two ways in which the avatara is, is, uh, differs from the human being. So the avatara in the Mandukya Upanishad is, is uh, described in a very nice way. Ubhayataf pragnyaha. Pragnya means awareness. Ubhayataha means self-aware and then aware of the world as well. Usually that, that awareness is not there for most people. They know they exist, but they don't know that they are Satchidananda. Mm. Bhagavan knows both. And so this is the very important topic in the fourth chapter. And then also uh, uh, going from the third chapter, uh, then we are given the bad news <laughs> that self-growth cannot happen without sacrifice. <laughs> It's nice to say self-growth. It's nice to say, I want to grow. <laughs> but growth happens when you give up something or the other. Usually things that you like. You know, people go to Kashi. This is what in India, there is a pratha. There is a kind of a custom. You go to Kashi and give up something and come back. Presumably, you should give up chocolate cake, okay? Or ice cream. <laughs> but people go to Kashi and give up Karela and come back. Cheating. Karela means bitter growth. Yeah, that is cheating. I know many people who go all the way to Varanasi. And then every, all the relatives, friends, what did you give up? Karela. <laughs> Neem leaves. Who is eating neem leaves? <laughs> Who is eating neem leaves? <laughs> Even if there is a toothpaste called neem toothpaste, they buy around it. Nothing else around it, that one is left right there. So, and this going and giving up, is, is a story of life. Up till now, we were kind of sailing along with the Bhagavad Gita and saying, ah, this is sounding very good. I, I can do this. <laughs> this is easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everything is for self-growth. I can tell that to myself when I'm having ice cream. Yeah, this is for self-growth. Sideways. rationalize it. I can do this. I can do that. No problem. But chapter 4 tells another slightly uncomfortable truth. That this self-growth requires a certain sacrifice. When you give up, you grow. Because when you give something up, then the, the pangs of some you know longing regret Oh, did I do the right thing? I shouldn't have given that up. And 
And now, even if it's just losing an argument, oh, now the other person will think of themselves as really too big. And then they will come and sit on my head. <laughs> Lifelong. <laughs> Self-growth happens and you give up. And you can start in small ways. Lose an argument graciously. Even if you know that they are wrong, why do you have to prove it? There is Google, let them find out. <laughs> but they'll never find out. Let them not find out. What is it to you? When they find out, they'll have a face palm moment. That's what. You don't have to tell them you are wrong. If you you can you you can because you are within your rights, let us say. Or oh, I'm entitled to tell them I'm wrong. Let's see how that goes for you. Oh, they feel very defensive. Of course, they'll feel defensive. Of course, the person is going to feel defensive if you go in their face and tell them you are wrong, your father is wrong, your mother is wrong. In fact, your whole ancestry is wrong. They're not going to keep quiet. They'll feel defensive because they're feeling attacked. Instead, look at the different scenario, what is possible. You see, yes, yes. This we learn from our gurus only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And then, you know, let them let them win the argument. No, but then I'll become the loser. In whose eyes? <laughs> it's actually a win-win situation. Because the discomfort of letting somebody win an argument has given rise to self-growth. The discomfort because you have given in. And that discomfort has given rise to self-growth. It's the win situation. And where is the second win? They feel very happy that you have let them win. <laughs> they say, oh, very nice. They respect you more. And then if even if they're resenting you going to Gita class, they afterwards, they will only start saying, please go to your Gita class. You're getting a little irritable. Please go. Go to your retreat. Because they see the changes in you. They're also benefiting. This is what is the beauty of this kind of a growth. It's a win-win situation. And the fourth chapter details all the ways in which people give things up and how there is a history of, in, in the tradition, there is a history of giving stuff up in order to grow. So some people do pranayama. It's again a disciplined life. You can't just eat what you want. Otherwise, you'll be out of breath. <laughs> pranayama is not just, you know, breathing. Uh, only we know one kind. There are many other kinds. That's the easiest one. And that too, people do without uh, kumbhaka and rechaka, means the holding the breath between the exhales and the inhalations. So 16, at, up to the count of 16, you're supposed to hold it. And for that, you have to give up a heavy meal. <laughs> then only you can do pranayama, otherwise you'll feel like you're dying. And so like this, so many things. So some people... Pranayama, some people do meditation, some people do this, some people do that. He gives example of all the yogis. And then he says that this is, this is what? Because therefore, karma yoga leads to 
leads to this kind of a giving up. And in this giving up, there is growth, which is a preparation for this knowledge. So when the fifth chapter comes, actually the Bhagavad Gita had one more chance to end. <laughs> when? At the end of chapter four. <laughs> Why is there chapter five? Same question. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I haven't come here in four years, right? Yeah. But still, the same people will ask the same question. <laughs> Each time. Same question. And what was the question? The question was the same question asked, which was asked in the beginning of the third chapter. Knowledge frees karma binds, yet you are asking me to fight this terrible war. <laughs> so now if he asks the same question, he'll be kicked out. <laughs> so he has to be a little clever and ask it slightly differently. So I want to know about you. You talked about giving up. That reminds me of sannyasa. <laughs> so I think it would be nice. Sannyasa is so wonderful. Can you talk about sannyasa? That's the that's how the chapter five begins. Sannyasa yoga, karma sannyasa yoga. All this giving up. How is it related to sannyasa? What is sannyasa? Meaning. That was the question. But meaning, can I take sannyasa and not fight this war? That is what his real meaning is. Gudha abhisandhi, it's called. Hidden meaning is there. So then, Lord Krishna, first thing he tells him, sannyasastumaha baho dukhamaptuma yogataha yoga yukta mudir brahma my dear fellow, you can't bypass karma yoga. Sanyasa tu, whereas sanyasa is dukkham aptam, very difficult to gain. Ayogataha, for the one who is not equipped with karma yoga, equipped with the spirit of giving, equipped with the spirit of living for others, equipped with the spirit of Sharanagati, bhakti to Bhagavan, Guru, everything. Sanyasa is not easy to gain. But the one, if you equip yourself with Karma Yoga, then it will be very easy to go to Sanyasa. Because what he is asking is, can I just go to Sanyasa? It's like saying, can I do a PhD without a high school diploma? <laughs> Short answer, no. <laughs> In fact, one becomes the means for the other. So karma yoga is needed. And this is what is needed. And then he talks about chapter 5 and chapter 6 are connected together. And he says that the, the person who of this knowledge does, you know, he has to, one more small bad news is there, has to overcome <laughs> All the binding desires. Let go. Let go. Let go. You start with whatever you like and you let go of that. You let go of that. You let go of that. And each time you let go, you grow. Each time you let go, you grow. Each time you hold on, there is kind of a little bit of a 
two steps back, one step forward feeling. And again, you come back and let go, you're back on track. And then this kind of a life has, has a certain uh, maxim that people follow, which is beautifully explained in chapter 5. Yehi samsparshaja bhogaha dukhayonaya evate adhyantavanta kaunteya nateshu ramate buddhaha. Buddhaha means the person of knowledge. The person of knowledge, Arjuna, remember, does not revel in two kinds of things. Samsparshajaha bhogaha. So, those enjoyments that are contacted from the sense organs and, and the sense objects and those that have that are other than you and those that have a beginning and an end. If you take them to be infinite, then you, there will be nobody else more sorrow, sorrowful than you. Because they are big, they have a beginning. Anything that has a beginning also has what? A big end. They are dukkha yonaiha. Means they, they are the birth canal of sorrow. So when you fall in love with something, I can't live without this object. That means what? You are, you are superimposing the infinite on the finite. What you want is the infinite that happens to be you. And so therefore, this has to be understood properly. Look at the world objectively. Look at things, people, situations objectively. And then lead your life. This is how the yogis lead their life. The yogis don't revel in things that come to an end, thinking themselves to be infinite. Thinking the, those objects to be uh, infinite. Because everything is finite. If you know this, then you will not come under this uh, pitfall. And he describes a little more about the yogis. How did the yogi become a yogi? Everybody was a bhogi to begin with. <laughs> what is the journey from bhogi to yogi? And that's a beautiful and wonderful segue for meditation. A life given to meditation uh, in order to have a say over the ways of the mind. Dhyana yoga. That's how the bhogi became a yogi. Learn to sit quietly. Learn to be contemplative within. Did not want to always fill up space with activity, chatter, internal chatter. It's just all just receding. Why? Because of the four chapters of growth. If one has practiced what is said in the last four chapters, then you are you are there. You may not be wanting to meditate the whole day, but you are comfortable enough to just sit with yourself without just always either being driven to do something or being driven by inner worry and fear. This is the yogi. And so... The this goes, the segue just beautifully goes to meditation. And the meditation here is described as Saguna Brahma Vishaye Manasa Vyapara. Mental activity whose object, subject matter of which 
is Bhagavan. If you just said mental activity, and even worry is mental activity. <laughs> That's not meditation. You sit and worry. No. So therefore, it is mental activity who is centered on Bhagavan. But then Bhagavan is not an object of thought. It is the truth of yourself. So that's why you cannot say, I am going to think of Bhagavan. It's the worst setup in the whole universe. I'm going to think of God. Next thought, God. <laughs> Third thought, God. Now I feel odd. <laughs> Fourth thought, dog. Suddenly you saw one dog. You saw your pet dog and you started to think of dog. Then you feel guilty. Oh, I didn't think of God. I'm thinking of dog. Dog is non-separate from God. Okay, yeah, because God is not an object. It is the truth of you. So in the meditation, it is more like having a name or a form to relate to. Knowing that, you know, it is like a tree relating to the forest. The tree is already connected to the forest. But in the meditation, this relationship is highlighted in the form of a mantra. So the mantra is just so that you can be doing something meaningful. And whenever the mind goes to dog or anything, you gently bring it back. Let it go. Because if it, if it doesn't go, it's not meditation. If there are no distractions, it is not meditation. Distraction will be there. Then each time it is distracted, you bring it back. Each time it goes, you bring it back. Each time it goes, you bring it back. This is meditation. And for that, certain nice things are given. What, what is given? Where to sit? Na, na ati utfritam. Not, not very high up. If you sit really high up, like on a compound wall, you try. You sit the perch, perch yourself on a compound wall and close your eyes. And the thought that will come is not Om Namah Shivaya. <laughs> Am I falling down? <laughs> so if you go and dig a pit and sit there, you'll be sharing space with creepy crawlies. <laughs> that is their place. And then it says, you know, you, you have a nice asan. And in the ancient time, Chiladina. Chiladina means the, uh, the deer skin. Deer skin because the deer was uh, is a gentle, uh, peaceful animal. He's not aggressive. So the idea is sitting on deer skin. Tiger skin, no. <laughs> that is reserved for Goddess Durga and Lord Shiva. Okay? Yeah. That's already taken. Deer skin. deer skin is for you. And so the deer skin brings that all those qualities that are dear to you. That's why. <clears throat> the peacefulness, everything. Then there are very detailed instructions on how to meditate. Samam kaya shiro grivam dharayan achalan sthiraha The whole body is in one straight line, head, neck and back are in a single straight line. And eyes are closed but you are as though looking at the tip of your nose. And then the eyeballs behind the closed eyes are not restless. They are directed towards the tip of the nose. 
oh, there is a noise here. Oh, somebody came here. You don't keep moving. You don't keep looking. Just focused. Then, that, then prana, 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 samau kritva, you have some kind of a, you are aware of the breathing. It's equal. Exhalation and inhalation are equal. Very nice. So then what happens? Then there's a very important step. And a very strange step. Sparshan bahyan bahihi kritva. Meaning, keep the external world outside. What a strange injunction. External world means what? That which is already outside. Jo outside hai. How to keep that which is outside, outside. Here we learn that a lot of things get under the skin. Even there is an expression, getting under the skin. All the pains, sorrows, irritations of the day, everything is under the skin. And why are there irritations? Why are there pains? Why are they sorrows? They go back to the early childhood. That's what it is. They go back to the primary caregivers. <laughs> That's what. And so, either out of worry or out of too much love or something like that, there are in fact two sets of parents. One objective outside and then one that are internalized in the form of anxiety, worry, longing, unfulfilled longings, unfulfilled and unfulfillable. What is the poor mother going to do when you keep thinking that, oh, she gave you know, more things to the younger sibling? <laughs> what is she going to do? She had to do what she had to do. She thought you were independent and you were okay, but then you wanted her. But she gave more attention. That thing, even now if she showers you with love, that time she neglected me, that feeling is there. It's not the fault of the mother. It's not the fault of the father. It's how the child's brain, it's not even your fault. It's how the child's brain internalized information when the brain itself was not developed. So therefore, there are always two sets of parents, one internal, internalized in the form of longings, in the form of pain, in the form of sorrow, and, and the other ones that are external, however they are. So we, we keep these internal parents, we put them out before meditating. How do you put them out? By giving them the freedom to be who they are. You acknowledge this is how they are. And if they are no longer in the world, this is how they were. This is how it is. Even anybody in your life right now, this is how they are. Because God knows you've tried to change them <laughs> and you haven't succeeded. <laughs> Not for want of effort, okay? This is how they are. Because they can't be otherwise. <laughs> you can't change them. Give them, let them be however they are. And when you look at it this way, then you own up your own longings rather than putting it on them. This is how they are. Oh, but they're incapable of loving me. Okay, this is how they are. They're incapable of loving me how I want to be loved. Okay, yeah, this is how they are. 
give them the freedom to be who they are and then you own up that longing as your own lack it has nothing to do with them some samskara somebody said what is samskara i said samskar or the other <laughs> in this context some ancient pain something either this life other life some people some somebody was asking last time what to do with other life first focus on this life <laughs> This life itself, there's plenty of raw material here. And so when that is taken out of the equation, then the meditation becomes much more easy. You let go. And then if you can't let go, you, you, you pray to be in a place of acceptance of that which you cannot change. You pray to, pray to have that grace to know what you can change and what you cannot change, what is the difference. It's like that beautiful prayer. What is it called? Serenity prayer. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what you do. You, do. you pray. And, and then uh, Lord Krishna says, with this kind of a meditation and this kind of a background in taking care of this internal Kurukshetra, uh, the the field uh, of pain and sorrow. Taking care of this, what do you do? You you grow into a being who understands I am not the agent of action. Paschen Srinvan Swapan Swasan Pralapan Visrajan Grindhan Unmishan Nimishan Ati. Whether I am eating, drinking, lamenting, walking, talking, sleeping. I'm just, it is just happening. I am just a witness to all this. So the meditation increases the witnessing and gives inner space to watch all the pains and sorrows that may be there without getting entangled in them. This is very nice, very beautiful. And then the sixth chapter, he wanted to end. Who? Lord Krishna. <laughs> he thought he'll have a tea break. He thought he'll have some chai. Arjuna said, I have a question. Again, I have a friend who has this problem. Ayati shraddhayo petaha yoga chalita manasaha I have a friend. Supposing somebody, hypothetically, ayatihi means the one who did not put enough effort to practice meditation, to practice karma yoga, to even study Vedanta, did not put enough effort. Had a lot of trust in this way, but did not put enough effort. Ayatihi means less effort. Alparthe nanj. And so put less effort. Kangadim what will be that person's fate? Oh Lord, oh Krishna. Will the person's all this effort, even the little effort they have put, he's thinking of himself. Yeah. <laughs> and the arrows were zinging by. Many times I missed what you said. Sometimes the mind went somewhere. Sometimes I had cried so much I went off to sleep. In the middle of chapter 3. 
So somebody who, who might be like this, full of shraddha, but did not put the requisite effort. In other words, I have listened to these six chapters. Suppose I don't get it this time around. <laughs> and then I have to be born again. What will happen to such a jiva? Nashyati means, will, will the person's all the effort put, even though I recognize it is less effort, but even that effort, I want it to be credited. But will it become a debit? Will all that knowledge go like the fog in the sunshine? Meaning, should I pay attention to chapter 7 to, <laughs> 7 to 18? Or should we not even bother here? Because if, if this is not going to help me continue in the next life, what use of the, is this knowledge? Because some of us are dense. Some of us need another turn. And very compassionately, Lord Krishna gives the truth. He says, no. Shuchinam Srimatam Gehe Yoga Bhrashtaha Abhijayate Athava Yoginam Eva Kule Bhavati Dhimatam Paurva, I mean, this uh, Paurva Dehikam and the, the, the thread from the last life will be picked up in this life. So if you are here listening to Bhagavad Gita today, that means you had definitely been listening in the next life. You might have fallen asleep, but now you are waking up. That is the idea. Advaitam, Pumsam Advaita Vasana. There is in the, in the uh, Viveka Chudamani also it is said that the desire for non-duality comes from previous lives also. There is a certain grace operating. And then you look in the, among other things, you look in the, in the horror scope. You look, <laughs> you look in the fifth house, Purva Punya house, where the, the Punya, the good uh, merits from the last life are there. And there, there they will, it will say that there is a certain planets and certain aspects and everything when they are seen as a predilection to want to be interested in this kind of a knowledge. It is there. So that means you had studied it in the last life as well. Otherwise, it's impossible to sit here and listen. I mean, who's interested in what is happening in chapter one, chapter two, chapter three? And so he says, definitely you will pick up the thread. In fact, Shuchinam Srimatam Gehe, you will be born into a rich household. Rich means they have enough. They don't need you to be the breadwinner. Meaning you can go for this knowledge. You can have enough leisure to go for this knowledge. And they, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but they don't need to rely on you in order to fulfill their needs. Shuchinam means internal purity, shaucha which is going to be described again in chapter 13. A very important quality. Inner freedom. The family is easygoing. The family has good values. And they have instilled that in you. Such That is what uh, you will pick up the thread. And when you pick up the thread, you will uh, do this. You will do a very important uh, connection. You may not know the Upanishad. You will, you will have to study it. But when you study it, you'll pick it up very fast, fast. You will have that kind of a connection, the clarity, everything. 
Pujya Swamiji used to always say that when his teacher taught him the Mundaka Upanishad, he felt he already knew it. He felt he had studied it before. It was amazing to hear that. So like this, there is a Deja Vu. There is some kind of a connection and a thread will be picked up. So long as you are able to keep sorrow at bay. How to do that? Come tomorrow at three to Chris's house. Oh, tomorrow is at seven. Day after tomorrow is at three. Come tomorrow at seven, uh, seven to Chris's house and find out. Om Purnamadash Purnamidam Purnam Purnamadachate Purnasya Purnamadai Purnamivavishate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Thank you. You paid such good attention. Any questions? Yes. Yes. Tell me. Yes, yes. Tell now that self growth because uh, what is the self growth uh, is it uh, to do the karma yoga desireless uh, no not desireless have the desires but don't let them carry you you carry them or be aware of our divinity self or it is the package of everything no you can't be, see being aware of oneself as bhagavan means that is exposure to vedanta Self-growth is preparation for Veda. Preparation for Yeah. Be the witness of all that is happening and at the same time grow to be more accommodative, more compassionate, less reactive. That is what. So it is more like mind. Like be aware what the mind... Yeah, the mind is not a whipping boy. Yes. Yeah. It is not the mind. It is the whole thing. So it's you, the ahankara, which is owning up the mind. All this is there. So you can't say it's just the mind. So basically, be aware of growing into a more compassionate, less reactive, more accommodative, more objective, less demanding, less judgmental person. That's who you are. So you uncover that. You, you, you discover that. More and more. That is self-growth. That is, that is emotional yeah. maturity. Mm -hmm. And sakshita, sakshi bhava, the, being the witness rather than the participant in samsara, that is also another aspect of self-growth. Having inner space. Yes. First thing, there's a miracle, something I've offered in miracle today, that at home, when I sit, after 15 minutes, I need a back support. Yeah. But, but today you look at that. Yeah. So there's no need. That's amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Happy to be there. Yeah. I'm not but at home, it's not because of my family. You know? <laughs> That once I was attending a seminar like this, you know, so the the speaker he answered only a month longer. Smarana Muktava Antakalecha Mahameva. Smarana Muktava Antakalecha. Eight chapter, yeah. So, which means that uh, that at the last stage, if you remember. Yeah, but we don't know when the last stage is. Yeah. 
So then he gave the example of Ajamil, you know, Ajamil. Ajamila, yes. So, but I was having a problem of thinking. So when I went back home and started looking, you know, so in the same Gita chapter, after three shloka, Bhagavan Krishna also says the Tasmada Sarv Tasmada Sarvesha Kalesh. Then we saying that you do both, not just uh, but then in slokas too, he goes even further and says that Ataha Chetam Tom Ivam Dharmayam Sangramam Da Karsyasi. Swadharma kirti hitva papam avyasis. Papam avapsis. Sorry, because my So the thing that just a chanting slok, because you can't take one slok and make some confusion, you know. You have to see the whole picture. And then Arjun said that I am becoming sannyasi. But in one sloka, the Bhagavan says, karam palam, karyam karam karoti, sasa sanyasi cha yogi nir agnir cha akriya. So he's saying that this is a yogi, not just uh, having a robe and. You know, That's what we're talking. We're talking you, about growing from yogi to yogi. What is your question? No, no, no. Question is coming that so ultimately in one sloka, Krishna is comparing different pathways. But what I say in Shloka says, maybe I'm understanding wrongly that Seyohi Gyanam Abhyasa, Gyanada Dhyanam Vishistate, Gyanada Dharma Palyagas, Yagas Chandra. He says, if you're not able to do Gyanam, do Gyanam. If you're not able to do that, at least do Parma Paratyaga. Like this, he's given the least possible situation for anybody who is wanting to grow. That is not the ideal thing. It is, you know, like supposing if somebody says, if the doctor says, like, uh, you know, you please work uh, every day of the week. If you can't work every day of the week, at least walk three days a week. You can't walk three days a week. At least walk once a week. So then that we cannot take that as the doctor is giving many choices and pathways. I can walk once a week. I can walk twice a week. I can walk. No. The doctor is saying walk every day of the week. If you can't, then I'm giving for those who can't. This is another kind of a modified alternative. This is another. Look, if you can't walk at all, do water aerobics. If you can't do that, then sit at home and keep rolling your ankles. But that doesn't mean that sit at home is, is the ideal thing. That is a gradation. Because in the Bhakti Yoga chapter, chapter that you're talking about, it's not, it's not a prescription. It is a prescription for those who say, it is too much for me, I cannot do Jnanam, I cannot follow. Okay, at least you do this. Oh, like, okay, you can do get this. Have some little space. Have some little inner peace. It's like, just like when people come to me and say, I can't meditate. I say, okay, do one minute meditation. Acronym for which is OM. <laughs> O-M-M. Yeah. So that's what he's saying. He's not saying there are many parts. Thank you for this clarification. Yes. I was always confused. Yeah. You know? No, no, it is so confusing. In the hand, when Bhagavan uh, Krishna said that Sarve Dharmani So I thought that Krishna and Arjuna understood 
But many people may think that my come to my shelter means come and touch my feet and say, I'm your, you know. But Arjuna understood that what he had said to me so far, I need to act. So he says that uh, ultimately Arjuna agrees that Nast Moha Smati Lakdaba. So he said, I will do what you say. So that means that uh, what he is going to do is Yudha. Aram Yudha. No, no. What? I will do as you say means I will follow my duty yeah. and which means right now to fight this war in order to grow and in order to gain this knowledge. That's what he said. That's what he said. It's not about fighting and doing. It's a moksha shastra. That's what it's about. So, so finally question is that can we get moksha by only chanting? Can we attain no. moksha by only doing karma yoga? No. And can we do moksha without escaping karma yoga? You can't you can't get moksha by karma yoga, you can't get moksha by escaping karma yoga either. Karma yoga is like wearing a tuxedo. Okay. And then after wearing a tuxedo, do you have to go out? You can't stay at home. People will make fun. What are you doing? Why are you wearing tuxedo in your own house? They'll say, are you having a formal function? No. Are you getting married? No. Are you going to a wedding? No. I'm just wearing it because I feel like people will make fun. So, karma yoga is, is like wearing a tuxedo. You are nicely equipped. And that with that equipped, uh, you know, you're equipped with a preparation for this knowledge. Then you have to fulfill this knowledge. You have to gain this knowledge. Thank knowledge you. helps. Karma Yoga is a step to gaining this knowledge. But many times it's not easy to understand yes. these okay. things, you know. Thank you so much. Lalji has been yeah, very patient. Yes. Yeah, I, a little bit uh, about the, in one of the chapters, I'm a little bit jumping maybe ahead. Uh, Lord Krishna says wants to do the right karma. The right karma, the uh, I think it is chapter 16 or so. So, what are those right karmas? I don't know which chapter you know. No, that is 16 chapter is Daivasuri Sampati. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that is uh, uh, what is that called? In the popular translation, godly and devilish acts. <laughs> But he says the people should do the right karma. Don't be a, don't be like an asura person. Don't be like a demonic. I want this. I'm going to grab this. I'm going to have this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to do this. No, that's it. Right karma means that which is in keeping with dharma. That is what it is. Yes. Yeah, see, one is born because of one's own karma. Avatara is as though born because of other people's prayers. Please help. Oh God, what are you doing? That that prayer is karma, action. And the result of that action is a magical body which knows itself and knows everything. Yeah, that is avatara body. Yes. So, but is, is Krishna still doing? Krishna still what? He's still doing. 
even though he's a karma body. Yeah, yeah, in his life, he did so many things, even though he did not have done. He had no pressure to do, but he did it as an inspiration for people. And that's not karma yoga. That's so he didn't need to do karma yoga. He was completely self-aware. He was an enlightened being. He was born enlightened because he's Bhagavan. Somebody else said yes. I have some different question. The question that something that you referred yesterday. Yeah. What is the message of five husbands? What is the message behind? Draupadi had five husbands. Oh, Draupadi had, you know, it was just a, I don't know the message. I just think that, uh, you know, it was, it is a, it is a message of the given word. In fact, the whole promise is, uh, is the one promise is Ramaya. In fact, one promise, the story around one promise, you have the entire Ramayana. One promise made from, by Dasaratha to Kaikeyi. In that promise, Rama keeps and everything, the whole thing. And another promise, another series of promises become the Mahabharata. It is the, uh, it is the Manyata, it is the uh, respect given to the spoken given word. Arjuna comes in all excited. Look, mother, what I have brought. And Kunti just thinks he's a small little boy. <laughs> How many times have I told you to share it with your brothers? I don't want any problems later on. Share it with your brothers. And he's shocked. <laughs> he's shocked because he has done uh, he, Swayambara. He went to uh, Draupadi Swayambara. And uh, we, Swayambara is a particular kind of a uh, royal marriage where all the prospective grooms are invited and then the girl goes with a garland and the groom will have one sidekick with him because the groom cannot say, I am so much, I know hunting, I know this, I know that. Sidekick will say, oh, he is a prince of so-and-so and he has a great sense of humor. Guess what? Guess what princess he can even do? He can do this, he can do that. And she just goes out to the next one. <laughs> Not good looking, too old, too young. <laughs> but she had already met uh, Arjuna and she said, okay, they had set this up so that she could marry him. So then uh, Kunti was doing puja. She did not know. And really she was shocked. Arjuna was already shocked. They were all catatonic. And so they called a sabha because we don't know who is great. We don't know. First, they talked to Draupadi. All the elders took Draupadi aside and said, will you be able to keep this, this future mother-in-law's word? She said, yes. And so then they devised some kind of a rule how this sharing would happen. So then uh, I think it was two years with one, one person, one uh, brother. And then no SMS to anybody else at that time. <laughs> no emails, no phone calls, nothing. That's how it was. It was done in a very respectful way. So Draupadi is great. The mother was great. Everybody was great. They kept the given word. So that's the message. That the given word is very, very important. The given word is like a uh, released arrow 
it has to go find its mark. Any other questions? Yeah. In Vedanta, they say Karma Yoga is doing the right dharma is for Antakarna Shuti. Yes. And how does the Bhagavad Gita same thing? Same. Vedanta is Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is Vedanta. And Shaucham is Antakarna Shuddhi. Shuddhi means cleansing of the heart. That's what I said. The less we have more accommodative, more compassionate, less uh, judgmental, etc. So, I just have a comment uh, only uh, so like the Bhagavad Gita, the Krishna, uh, so many confusing things he says in, in a sense that, you know, I'm neither this nor this and so forth. And that is why it's time here and a lot of us are here, I think. And thank you for hearing a lot of things up here uh, and in the next few minutes. You're welcome. All Bhagavan's Okay, see you all tomorrow.